Okay, baby, it's back in town, baby. Um, Astro Blast podcast, Chris Farron, here I am, Jess. Yeah, here you are dusting it off because you've been gone for almost two months. I know, but who would, the listener wouldn't know that because... Seamless transition. Yeah, you guys would never know this, but we haven't actually taped an episode in months. Months. <laughs> Chris left for tour, and um, we've just been riding on our pre-taped episodes, and now we're here. It is a mere handful of days before this episode will come out. It's so exciting. I love it. Chris was on tour. How did it go? It was great. I listened to a lot of true crime podcasts, and that gave me a lot of ideas for this podcast. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-huh. So. Are you going to murder me? Yes. If, if you say one more thing about astrology. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll just be sprinkling in some uh, murderous thoughts uh, throughout the episodes. Oh, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to get on trend here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, my best merch night was um, Seattle. Uh-huh. I don't remember exactly how much money it was, but it was a lot. And my worst merch night was undoubtedly Jacksonville, Florida. Wow, your home state. That's right. Wow. But it's such a big state that, and Jacksonville is kind of far away from where I'm actually from. Yeah. That it's like, who cares? Is it like beach side of Florida versus Gulf side and they hate your side? Both are beach. Yeah, but one's like Atlantic beach. Jacksonville and one's like, is. One's like oil spill beach. Yeah. Well, the Gulf would be the oil spill beach. Yeah. I'm from Gulf. I'm a Gulfman. A <laughs> Gulfman. And Jacksonville is the other side, I think. Anyway, Jacksonville, not my favorite place, simply because I didn't sell that much merch. <laughs> if you're from Jacksonville, you're not allowed to listen anymore. Yeah, you're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you meet any Astro Blasters? I what? did. I met Ooh, a few so, Astro Blasters. So we call our fans. Yeah, I guess so. Blasters. Uh, yeah, a lot of, a few people came up to me and say, hey, I know I'm not so allowed to talk to you about astrology, but I just <laughs> want to say like the podcast. Oh my that gosh. That was nice. Wow, thanks y'all. Yeah. And the guy with the, uh, or the person with the H for the D shirt. <gasps> yes, of course, a classic, a yeah, hit, the that. first t-shirt. Speaking of, we are in the process of developing merchandise. Wow. I'm hoping to, yes, Chris didn't know about this because he's been gone for forever. But That's right. He walked out on his wives. That's right. All three of us, all Cassie, three. Jenny, and me. And since he's been gone, uh, we've been developing merch. So uh, that'll be up soon. I'll probably, I'll post it on the internet so you know about it. You'll post about it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so rate and review us on the podcast app if you like us. Please. If you do, we might read a review, and this week I'm going to read Gilly Boy. Gilly Boy. I think. G-U-I-L-L-Y underscore G-U- boy. G-U-I-L-L-Y. Gilly. And Gwilly Boy. Uh, Gwilly Boy. <laughs> first of all, Team Jess. Wow. The hell? This is like the first I'm hearing of someone on Team Jess. The hell? This podcast is amazing, super infor- informative, but also hilarious. The chemistry between Jess and Chris is great, and I love when they tease and harass producer Jenny. Keep Aha, up the great work. Let's kick her ass. What the hell? <laughs> I'm going to kill her <gasps> for the True Crime Podcast. <laughs> Get the ratings up. Yeah. A couple times since you've been gone, when we're like not doing anything Astro Blast adjacent, Jenny will be like, Astro Blast is just everybody giving me shit. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, yeah. It's with love. Well, I've lived such a charmed life up to this point. Thank you. So much podcast love. That's right. All right. Anyway. All right. Simmer down. (laughs) Edit that out. (laughs) Uh, Write into us at our website if you'd like us to answer some advice questions for you at astroblasting.com or astroblasting at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at astroblasting. We have like pretty much no followers. And based on their listenership, that means a lot of you are choosing to ignore us. What the fuck? I'd ignore us too. No, no, no. I'm pretty bad at content. How are you supposed to convince (laughs) these pigs? Well, they don't like it when I... They don't like it when I ask, so instead my new approach is I'm actually pretty fucking bad at our social media presence, so you don't have to follow it. No, you're good I'm, at it. I'm reverse psychology Oh, and then But it's true, though. I'm pretty bad at the content. No, I think you're good. And a reminder that we have a Libra, Libra playlist up right now that we put up last week on Spotify what and Apple hell? Music that Jenny and I did Jenny? together. During our slumber party that you missed. You guys slept together? Yeah, Wait probably. a second. Two, <laughs> two women? <laughs> All right, go ahead. What are you talking about? We had girls' night episode. 
Oh my god! Yeah, we did face masks. We had we made some chips and guac and had some cookies. We were in our PJs. We were eating we... on pod. Yes. Wow, I love it. Intentionally, I like when that happens in podcasts. You like it? Uh, I like. There's this podcast I listen to where in summertime they'll always be having like cocktails with ice cubes, and uh-huh. you can hear the gentle tinkling of the cubes, and I love it. It makes me feel like, like I'm that. hanging out with them. Nice. But also, as I was eating the tortilla chips loudly, I was like, "People are going to stop listening to this podcast." <laughs> <laughs> Great. <clears throat> we talked about what signs we think are the hottest, and mm-hmm, Taurus or Capricorn, one of those. You're a Taurus. Yeah, but I'm also, but I identify more as a Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know? That's mm-hmm. a new development. You had some self-reflection on tour, and you've really thought about Capricorn and Taurus and what they mean well, to you. Well, I'm, I'm Taurus and then double Capricorn or whatever. Mm-hmm. And reading about Capricorn or having my wife read things to me about Capricorn. <gasps> oh, so you're being real right now. You actually really identify with Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Wow, I thought you were just like being like, oh, yeah. No. Sure. Wow, that's great. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So you identify more with your moon sign, mm-hmm. which so many of us do. Is that true? Yeah. All right. Um, I think that we tend to be more familiar, or sometimes we can be more familiar with ourselves as our our internal emotional states. Right. The moon sign. Okay, so Libra playlist is up. Um, and this week we have an astral probe with Rishikesh Hirway of the musical project 1AM Radio. And he also... Created and hosts the podcast Song Exploder and also another podcast, West Wing Weekly. Uh, so while Chris has been gone, I taped all of the astral probes, which is, which is why he's mysteriously never there during those astral probes. Mm-hmm. But uh, now that he's back from tour, maybe we'll get him in on some action or something. Love it. All right. This week, we're going to talk about the elements. Oh, okay. I know them. Fire, <gasps> water, the sun. Uh, no. The moon. No. Okay. All right. Fire, water, earth, wind. No, you always say wind. Air. Air. So fire. Mud. Mud? Is it? No. There's only four. I guess that's a bit of a mix between earth and, and water. water. <laughs> yes. Very astute. Thank you. Yes. This week we're going to talk about mud. <laughs> <laughs> There's four elements? Yes. Okay. I think you got them. Earth, air, fire, water. Yeah. Because there are 12 signs, this okay. means that there are three signs in each of the four elements, right? Three times four, 12. Got it. Okay. That checks out. So I read two really incredible books. They're volumes one and two of like the same book on Harry the Harry Potter one and Harry Potter two? <laughs> yeah. They taught me everything I know. Uh, the volumes are by Darby Costello. Um, I think they're just called The Elements. And in them- <laughs> You like it. <laughs> what are you drinking? Uh, just, just big whiskey- Big whiskey. It's it's nine twenty in the morning mm-hmm. while we're taping this. Just throwing that and out I there. I love to drink big whiskey. Okay. <laughs> it's smooth. Okay. It's big smooth whiskey. Mm-hmm. And in these volumes, Darby Costello quotes Empedocles, who said once many centuries ago that the four elements—fire, earth, air, and water—were the basic components for all existence. Love and strife, he said, bound and separated them. He's thought to have originated the notion that our bodies are composed of those elements in different proportions, and our perceptions and powers are conditioned by the balance of these elements within us. That's so Empedocles. <laughs> that's uh, that's obviously Empedocles. That's the kind of shit Empedocles always says. Of course, we know and love him. And speaking of Empedocles, I'm going to murder him. <laughs> Friend of the pod, Empedocles. Yeah. Watch out. Sexy little number is going to come kill you. I'm going to kill you for my true crime podcast. <laughs> I do true crime. I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Chris Farron and welcome to I'm going to kill you. <laughs> my true crime podcast. Wait, my you... crime podcast. And it's true <laughs> that I'm going to kill you. Every episode you kill a new person and talk about it. Yeah, right in. I'll kill you. If you like a true crime podcast so much, why don't you just die? Hosted by Chris Farron. That's so good. If you like a true crime podcast so much, why don't you just die? On the tip of my knife. On the tip of my knife? Jenny, that's a little bit perverted. This is lengthy. (laughs) The next album you do, Born Murderous. Born Murderous. Coming out Halloween 2021. Still born hot. (laughs) Hey, everybody settle down. Did you say born dead? Settle down. Settle down. It's fine. It's a morning. Jenny, you can be hot and dead at the same time. Everybody relax. Back to Empedocles. Go ahead. 
<clears throat> so basically, Empedocles was saying that we all have within us the characteristics and like the energies of all four of the elements. It's just how we balance them that makes us different people. Mm-hmm. Even a complete lack of an element still creates your balance of how you are. You know, that can uh, imply like certain characteristics that you lack or something or for better or for worse. Okay. When we look at our charts, we can tally up how much of each element we have, which shows us the dominant element in our charts. That dominant element is what we're looking at today. So for example, Chris, you're a Taurus. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big dom. <laughs> big dom? Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily make you an earth person. If we take a closer look and tally up all of your planets, you have 57% of your planets in earth. 22% in water, 15% in fire, and 6% in air. Okay. So you are, in fact, an Earth person in this case. I have to be. But not so Earth always, is but... doming me. Yes, absolutely. I'm getting, t- I'm getting domed by the Earth. Yep. Or you're doming the Earth. Or okay. Let's go either way, which we'll we'll get to soon. So the Earth is my little sub, right? Is that right? <laughs> is that the right it's terminology? It's subterranean. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny and I are both air people, so this is perfectly proving my point. I'm a yeah, Gemini. Full of hot hmm? Nothing. I guess I'll find out when I edit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a Gemini sun, so I that's an air sign. So I'm like you in that my sun sign is predominantly what my chart is. Jenny, however, is also an earth person, but her sun sign is Sagittarius, which is fire. So your sun sign doesn't always describe what you are. And um, the way that you can find out what your dominant element is, there are certain charts on, like, there's free chart generators all over the place online. And if you if you look up, like, element, a dominant element natal chart, then some site will pop up that will that will do that math for you, which is how I did Chris's. Um, and then you can find out what your dominant element is and then listen to this episode and we'll talk about what your dominant element is. Please listen to this episode. <clears throat> there are three things I want you to keep in mind while we discuss any of these elements. Okay. Number one, Okay. when we have an abundance of a particular element in our chart, like for you, Earth, because your chart's over half Earth, yeah, which isn't necessarily Earth is common. Yeah, doming me right now. For sure. It is either completely controlling us and we must learn to tame it, okay. or we are masters of it. And knowing which is or true I'm for you- Or I am doming it. Yeah. Okay. That's what we just said, which is right. why I was like, aha, uh-huh. you nailed it. Knowing which is true for you, like anything we discuss in this podcast, will become known through looking inward and evaluating yourself. So we're trying to figure out here if your dominant elements- are, you know, something that plays to your advantage or something that you could stand to learn to navigate to learn more about yourself better and blah, 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 blah. Who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. Number two, when we're completely missing an element in our charts, meaning we have no planets in a particular element, we are craving that energy. We draw to us and other people because we're unable to produce it ourselves. Really? What do I crave? Well, you're not missing any elements. Oh my gosh. But I mean, we can look at, you have 6% in air. That's the lowest element. So drawing air signs to you, which actually is your wife's sign. She's an Aquarius. And you, you, and it's your mom's sign. And both of you are air. Well, my, that's fake. Actually, that's not real. That's (laughs) actually astrology is not real. Um, you guys are air too or something? I'm an air sign, yeah. And Jenny air? has an air moon. Okay. I have a load of Libra in my chart. Il- you have a load yeah, she- of <laughs> yeah, you what? My load. Oh my God, <laughs> Jennifer. Ew. Okay, number three. <laughs> when we have one lone planet in a specific element, we can sometimes represent that element more than someone with, say, five planets in that element because our lone planet is bearing the load. <laughs> That's actually in my notes. Oh, load. God. That one lone planet is bearing the load of that element like an overdose. It's kind of like an overcompensation. We Uh have one planet and an element, and we're like, here it is. Do you see it? Imagine someone who has, this is the metaphor I came up with. It's um, very on topic for the three people in this room. Imagine someone who has like eight guitars, and they're really great at playing them. They're a master of their craft. She shreds. And they're professional about it. Yes. Anyone on she shreds. Then imagine someone who has one acoustic guitar. They know like eight chords max. That's and me. they're always busting it out at parties and making everybody listen. That's me. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, you on tour. I you love... go on stage. You're like, anybody have an acoustic lying around? Yeah, yeah. And I go to shows. I go to uh, parties after the show because I have to. I have to unwind. <laughs> and I bring my acoustic guitar and I play some. And your big whiskey. And my big. Oh, I got a big cup of whiskey with me. Smooth <laughs> as the day is long. And I sit there and I play, you know, some of these great acoustic songs. 
So on paper, we see the person with eight guitars as the guitarist. Yet when we think, just like instinctively, of that person who always has their one guitar out playing Third Eye Blind, he may be giving the professional guitarist a run for their money in terms of who is more associated with the guitar, right? So if there's someone who you know, you know, that's like, for example, when any of us goes out to like get lunch with our friend who also plays music, they're not sitting there like, want to go play guitar? You know, it's like not kind of a thing. But when you know someone who's at a party that's just like playing some bullshit song and it sucks and they don't really know what they're doing and no one wants to hear that. Yeah. Like campfire guys or whatever. Right, right. Then we might instinctively, you know, think of the guitar when that person comes up because they pissed us off so much with it. Yeah. Not to say that a single lone planet in an element will piss everybody off. Right. This is just the metaphor I used. I love it. Let's pause really fast for the Astro Probe. Well, I am here with my very good friend, Rishikesh Hirwe, who makes music as 1AM Radio and is the creator and host of Song Exploder and West Wing Weekly. Rishi, how are you, how you doing over there? I'm pretty good. How are you? Super good. We are full of Chinese food, mm-hmm. which is how I prefer to be. <laughs> uh, Rishi and I only met in person when I moved to Los Angeles in December, but... Years and years ago, I think in like 2012 or 13, mm-hmm. as 1AM Radio remixed a song for a band I was once in called Now Now, and um, we did not speak during that process or know <laughs> each other in any way, and now uh, we do, and it's such a joy. We spent last Christmas together. Oh, his dog Watson is here, the cutest little... Is Watson technically a toy poodle? <laughs> so is Watson technically a dog? <laughs> He's half... Because he's half uh, houseplant. Oh, right. Of course. <laughs> um, he is uh, half poodle, I think, mm-hmm. and half Bichon Frise or Frise, I <gasps> really? think. Okay. Um, we also, Rishi and I have recently started a and d campaign with yes. Jenny and Rishi's wife, Lindsay, and our friend, Will Noon. Um, so we've got a lot going on. This is really a meeting of of close friends here. So this is, I think that maybe the first um, probe that I've done that's like that kind of vibe. Oh yeah? All the others have been friends, um, but not someone I've yet spent Christmas with. <laughs> they're not They're not at that level. And you know what? No. None of those people are invited this year. <laughs> yeah, of course. <clears throat> so tell me a little bit about your background with astrology. So my family is from India. And I remember when I was growing up, my mom said one time, I remember she told me she, that that some woman had done my star chart. She'd asked my mom if she could do some kind of astrological chart. Um, a, a friend of your mom's who was an not astrologer? Even like, not even like a friend. I think just a somebody, it seemed more like an acquaintance or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mom was like, sure, whatever. She gave her the information. And the woman, you know, came back with all this information. And she told my mom this whole thing. And my mom was like, do you want to know what she said? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> Wait, so how old were you? I don't remember. This was, it was a while ago. I was probably, I mean, this had happened when I was a little kid and I remember it's come up maybe once or twice. And so even now you don't want to hear it. Yes. I still don't know. But that would be fascinating. You need to come back on for a full episode where we talk about what was said about you as a little kid and see if it stands the test of time. Well, the thing is the reason why I didn't like it and was anti this idea was it, it, felt the way that this woman was using it the way the impression that i got was that this was more of like a like almost like a future telling oh right because it's like vedic astrology which is very like fate based yes okay right 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 it's less about i mean i i I think maybe personal personality traits play into it as well but the thing that i was reacting against was the idea of saying of someone predicting some kind of future for me and however vague or specific terms i didn't i just didn't want to know because i never wanted to feel influenced by that so let's get into these questions okay first actually what are your big three okay so my big three are my sun sign is aquarius Mm -hmm. my moon sign is aries Mm -hmm. and my rising sign is scorpio okay i and i never knew anything about uh anything beyond my sun sign until a year ago when Jenny came over to work on music with me and you know within 10 minutes or so she had busted out time passages yes and uh and you know 
pulled up the chart and then was telling me all of these things and and uh, it was all above my yes, head. But astr- now astrology is like the movie It Follows in that <laughs> I have s- a friend of mine showed me time passages a handful of years ago and I have since spread the gospel and then I hear of it trickling to others in astrology and, and I it. am following everyone everywhere. <laughs> that day, Jenny showed it to Lindsay. Lindsay bought it. Yeah, and so now, now it's all now in the family. It. We've it's all everywhere. got it. Yeah, Watson's got, got it, it on his <laughs> dog phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So we've got Aquarius Sun, Scorpio Rising, Aries Moon. Yes. Okay, so first question, Sun question. What do you think your purpose is? Mm. Um, I think what I want my purpose to be is um, to be someone who makes things that other people receive and end up feeling comforted by or um, some, you know, like soothed by somehow um, either they feel, I'll just leave it there, soothed by. Okay, moon question. What makes you feel safe? That might go along with your first one. It definitely does. When When I was growing up, one of the sort of recurring scenes in my house would be like on the weekend, my whole family would watch movies together. The four of us would watch movies. My mom would make something delicious as a snack or, you know, and, and later as I, as I would have friends come over, like more and more people would sort of join that, that scene, you know, um, my best friend growing up would, would show up. And then like, as I got other friends, other people would come over and it would be like, my house was the place that people would come partly because my mom didn't drive and she always, she would always just say, just ha- invite your friends here so that we don't have to worry about the driving part of it and so and then the other part was because my mom made such good food and everybody always wanted to eat my mom's food so our house became like the place where people would gather so there's like a vision in my head of uh this sort of like semi-circle of couch you know a couch sectional um and a bunch of people watching watching a movie and eating delicious food in like a just a puddle of coziness you know like like kind of people piled on yeah. each other and and uh that feels like the epitome of safe and cozy and nice to me and i think i've tried to do everything i can to create that kind of environment in my own adult life uh, your answer seems like hereditary because you're all about f- friends food and watching something at your house <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like you're like a, an organizer of fun and friends. <laughs> um, and so to hear that that's what your mom once did is like incredible and so much fun. Okay, so final question, the rising question. What, and I feel like you're particularly gonna have a blast with this one. And an I can't wait to hear blast. what you say. An astro, you're gonna have an astro blast with this. What TV character or movie character do you most attach to project onto and strive to be more like Mm. there's so many choices who's yours have you done this already for yourself no i famously have not answered any of these for myself neither has chris okay i feel a little sheepish saying this because i have a podcast about the west wing and uh, i feel like this is just kind of one note of me but i think it's probably rob lowe's character in the who's in the first four seasons of the west wing um sam seaborn He's a speechwriter, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's very smart and very loyal. Maybe even loyal to a fault, mm-hmm. um, and an idealist. Yeah, it's also sometimes you know in in a flawed way where his principles make him a little bit. Mm, they give him blinders to some of the realities of the world. Mm-hmm. He, there's some like there's something really pure about him. In my more recent rewatches of the show, I've come to recognize some problematic parts of that character too he's yeah. definitely got some serious issues yeah. but at his best moments i think that's probably a character that i would that i want to feel like i can relate to like yeah. I, I would i aspire to, to be like his better qualities it might be archetypes that are that draws us to characters you know like mm-hmm. i don't think anyone ever wants to be exactly like anybody else yeah because everyone is so nuanced and everyone has their own set of issues. So. Yeah. <laughs> he is dreamy though. And that's, that is one thing I aspire towards. Of course. Roblo always dreamy. Yeah. Well, Rishi, uh, where can people find what you do? Um, people can find song exploder and the Western weekly, wherever they find this podcast, Find the pods. Um, 
the one AM radio is, you know, wherever people listen to music, record stores, and also Spotify and Bandcamp, things like that. The internet. Yeah. I have another music project called Moore's. Actually, I have a website. Ah, That's a good place to find people, right? (laughs) I have a website. It's rishikesh.co. And my name's spelled H-R-I-S-H-I-K-E-S-H, rishikesh.co. And that has all my stuff, the podcast and music. There's links to all the stuff. It is a hub of sorts. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you have not, for whatever reason, listened to Song Exploder, it is one of the greatest podcasts of all time where they, where, where Rishi will dissect kind of like track by track a specific song by an artist. A lot of fantastic episodes there's one that i love with fleetwood mac and the the artist comes on and talks about the song and about each of the layers it's just like a phenomenal podcast so if you haven't listened to it yet there's something wrong with you and you got to go listen to it (laughs) thanks for coming uh and doing this rishi thanks jess thanks for having me all right so let's start with the elements we're gonna jump into some water okay that's half a mud as far as i'm concerned (laughs) jenny what are you drawing are you painting me? Portrait? Yeah. Or are you writing notes about how you're just counting your money or something? <laughs> are you working on other podcast notes right now? No. She would never. That is so blatant. She's doing her alias podcast right now. You know what? What is it? Veronica Mars? It's Isn't it pretty similar? <laughs> is it not similar? This reminds me of a story that Jenny and I heard recently this week when we were hanging out with Dan Ozzy, who told us this crazy story about this house in Los Angeles where this guy was sleeping in his house. This is a spooky murder story. This is going to you can maybe think of this for your podcast. Okay, I'm going to kill him. So he's in his house in the middle of the night. Scary. He wakes up to the sound of someone touching the keys on his piano. He can hear it in another room. This happened in like the 40s or 50s. So he gets up. He's like alarmed. He walks out to the living room where he sees his best friend fucking his wife on the piano bench and they had like touched the keys on accident. So he blacked out, grabbed, what was it, a kitchen knife or was it a gun? Gun. He grabbed a gun and he just shot them both and Holy murdered them. Shit. And then he came to when they were dead. Oh my God. So anyway, Jenny's in here fucking fucking her other podcast on the piano bench right in front of our eyes. We're in the house. Take take your Uh pictures of Jennifer Garner and and, and get. (laughs) Veronica Mars with Jennifer Garner. Yeah, all these wigs, all these different wigs she's wearing. So for water, all three signs share this theme, the longing for unity. Mm. As water is always finding ways of returning to the ocean, you know, like precipitation, it rains into a stream that connects to a larger river that goes to the ocean, to the greater collective. Water Mm. is always finding a way to find itself again. Life finds a way. Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces are always finding ways back to the collective oneness with others, a sense of belonging. Imagine drops of water on your windshield, how one can begin to roll down and on its way it touches other drops of water and then they fuse together and form a larger drop until they continue to fuse and there's like a whole stream going down your windshield. You have Rain-X? No, what's that? Oh, you gotta get Rain-X. Well, living we live in, in LA, Los Angeles. really need it, but Rain-X is this product and this is a sponsor and they are paying us to say this. <laughs> you put it on your windshield and it's like when it rains, it's like it's not even raining. It's so cool. So you can drive really fast in it? Yeah, you can drive so fast in the rain. You can just hydroplane all over the place. And Rain-X will be responsible if that's not true. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I can't recommend Rain-X enough. If you live in a place where it rains, put Rain-X on your windshield and you will be able to see through even the strongest of thunderstorms and use offer code astroblast at <laughs> rainx.com. Is it, was it weird that I'm sad that that's not true? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the three water signs exist in the same journey of oneness, finding unity and a sense of belonging with everyone else, but in three different ways. Cancer is about cycles and a deep fear of abandonment. Scorpio is about transformation through destruction. And Pisces is basically a paradox. It embodies the deepest longing for universal oneness, but also for freedom, which makes it the most lost and confused in the water journey for oneness. Mm. So they're all trying to get to the same place, but they've got different modes of doing it. Right. We can become victims to water. We can become lost and hopeless in its tides. Water can be a very peaceful, tranquil, safe-feeling thing, as we feel safe in the shower or in nature touching a stream. Anything you want to say there? Um, <laughs> hmm. My shower is very small, as we, the three of us know. Um, 
there's room for me and Cassie. Hey, <laughs> come on. Hey, that's my wife. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I have not much to add. Safe in a stream. Uh, maybe people know this. I don't know how they would. I don't know why I even thought to say that. But the of course, the first time I ever had an orgasm was in a swimming pool. What? With the jet. Oh my god! It wasn't even with a person. <laughs> no. Well, the first time you ever have an orgasm is not usually with a person. Oh, that's true. Sorry, I take it back. Especially for a little boy like me. <laughs> what? I, that's me. I'm talking about myself. You canceled. <laughs> you can't talk about yourself I'm, that way. <laughs> me. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, you know, I just was like, "What is happening? This feels good." And then, and your mom was like, "Oh God." Chris, get out of the pool. Uh, <laughs> she was definitely around, but uh, not <laughs> You're gonna like say right aroused. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving right along. All right. Next. <laughs> Jenny loves when Chris's mom is aroused. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Did you know that one time Chris's mom told him, we ferrens are very sexual beings. That's true. That is unfortunately very true. Maybe the darkest thing that's ever happened to me. Oh in my, my God. Life. Well, I mean, you were over there coming in the pool in front of her. So that's of course right. she's going to think that. <laughs> that's what she, she actually said that to you right after you came. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> More astrology, please. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so water is dangerous, but it can also be a very powerful thing on Earth. As we'll go over with all the elements, learning to control them is how they're able to breathe and shine. With water, that control comes through wisdom, which calms the storms. This takes a lifetime to achieve, as for water signs, consciousness can feel like pain. Tell me about it. People with strong water placements can either be prone to being swept up in these emotions and this journey from oneness, or they can be deeply afraid of it or uncomfortable, as if a void lies between themselves and their ability to reach this oneness that they subconsciously crave. Is this any of us? No, not none of us are water people. We got okay. two airs and a, an earth in okay. this room. Okay. So yeah, basically, when you have a fuckload of water placements, you can either be you know, emotionally unpredictable and you can find yourself swept up in them and maybe do things that you don't feel like are your true self because you're just like re you're responding like instinctually and you know with a volatile you know energy perhaps or perhaps you're a you have so much water and you fear it you're not willing to connect with you know yourself or others in a way that feels emotional and like a collective conscious of any kind because you, you fear the water so the compass rose for water people this is my, my closing notes on this element uh, the compass rose, your direction, how, what, what you can take out of this episode and what we know about water now. Take time alone to reflect on the things that you feel and why you feel them and how you handle those feelings. Take time alone to reflect on if you're not allowing yourself to have emotional responses or take time to reflect if you feel that your emotional responses are controlling you. Taking this time alone to think about it and not assert your emotions or hand them to other people but really existing in them can uh, help you get better in touch with them and learn how to live with them and exist in a way that's smooth sailing. Love it. All right, fire. Fire. Now, Jenny is Jenny and I are both almost fire people. We're both air people, but fire is in close second, enough so that I think the element of fire could greatly apply to us as well. Like two uh, hot air balloons. Oh, right? yeah, that's actually great, Chris. There you go. So we got mud and we have hot air balloons. That's right. All three fire signs share this theme. The heart of being and potential. Where water is collective unity drawing from other histories and feelings of people, fire is beginning its journey with its own visions of potential and the future, of carrying their personal truth forward. What is true in their heart? Our sun tells all of us this no matter what your sign is. Our sun? Our oh, sun. our sun. Okay. <laughs> what is true in your heart? But fire people are born a little closer to understanding what's in their heart and what's within themselves because the sun is a fiery planet. The sun rules the sign of Leo, which is one of the fire signs. So it, sun doms Leo. Yeah, it doms Leo and it doms all the fire. It's a fiery planet. Mm -hmm. So when you're a fire person, you're born inherently a little closer to understanding your, your, your greater truth and what your heart wants. You're horny for fire. H for the F. H for the F. <laughs> the three fire to signs. To the sun and back. 
That would really hurt, I think. <laughs> the three fire signs exist in this same journey, but in three different ways. Aries follows its heart by doing. Leo follows its heart by experiencing itself intensely. And Sagittarius follows its heart through understanding, both finding it and giving it. We know fire to keep us warm, hopeful. We stare at a flame or a fireplace and let our imaginations roam. We feel charisma in the presence of fire. But it is also massively destructive and dangerous when it's uncontrolled. Astrologically, this means fire people can be angry, destructive, or lack proper communication because they can't fathom that someone isn't seeing things the same way as them, that something is going against what their greater heart's desire is. But they can also be the warmest, kindest, most fun and exciting people. They can guide you like a torch. Fire people see the potential, the future, the possibilities, and they're excited by it. You're, you're a fire people? Uh, it's kind of like our second yeah, right, place, yeah, but, right, yeah, 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 yeah. but close to, yeah. For Jenny especially, because her son is in fire, so I, I would say it applies even more. The compass rose for fire people, so the closing notes here on fire uh, and what you can do with this information. So in Darby Costello's volumes on the elements, she likens fire people to having a great sword. But just because you have a great sword doesn't mean you're using it well. You could either be sitting around with it doing nothing or using it for harm. Find your direction and where to place your inner messaging. What do you use your sword for? Hey, come on. Everybody settle down. I'm surprised you're not the one that's like... My sword! Oh. So so having this kind of like heart fire within yourself, just being close to what your potential is in this world and your potential with yourself and, and what your desires are and what you believe in, that's your sword. And what you do with that sword is how you find your path. Love it. All right, Earth. Here we go. All three signs, this is Chris, all three signs share this theme, seeking security through familiarity yes. and structure. Love it. The three Earth signs exist in this journey, but in three different ways. Taurus seeks security through love and patience. Mm -hmm. Virgo seeks security through health and routine. Okay. Capricorn seeks security through work and finding its own place in the world where it can feel useful. That is me. And feel I, that? again, I identify as a Capricorn. Oh my gosh, I love it. Ah, Chris, you're growing up in the astrology world. I am. <laughs> we know the Earth to be a constant. The Earth doesn't move or go anywhere, except in ways that take large quantities of time. For example, crops in the changing seasons take months to turn over. The crumbling of cliffs can take centuries. The moving of sediment down to the Earth's core takes millennia. Astrologically, this means Earth people are slow moving and work within a set of principles that they respect and depend on. Through repetition and constants, they're eventually able to identify and work out the kinks and change their system to better their lives and the lives of others. Yes. We also know Earth in the natural world to respond to the physical. Water will create mudslides. Wow, I actually have Mud. that in my notes. Water will create mudslides. Fire will burn forests. But a strong wind tied to air in astrology, air representing thoughts and ideas, will generally leave the Earth unmoved. Astrologically speaking, this means Earth people are bound to what they can physically understand and perceive. They respect the inherent laws of the natural order, and sometimes those things can't be seen. But when new information is given to them, i.e. this is the air, in this case, air, the bringing of information, they aren't swept up with hypotheticals. They believe in what they're shown and in what will truly impact the ritual of their lives. I love it. The compass rose for Earth people, what you can take away from what we just learned about Earth, allowing change and growth. The compass rose. Mm-hmm. What is that? Have we talked about this? Well, this is the third time in this episode I've said the compass rose. <laughs> and I've been listening. Okay, go ahead. The compass rose, like the direction, how the compass you're using to find your direction with this element. Rose, R-O-S-E? Yeah, that's what they call the little, on, on a map, where the how they draw the compass in the corner. Uh -huh. That's the compass rose. I knew it. Okay. <laughs> the compass rose for Earth people is allowing change and growth. Earth people understand and accept rules and realities. Yes. They're, they're a very accepting element. Yes. But what happens when rules and realities begin to shift and change? Okay. Darby Costello says denial is the shadow of Earth. An unwillingness to accept things as they are or as they become true through change. So facing these changes and fears head on helps till the Earth and prepare it for a new plot of land yes. to learn and maintain. Um, so going back to the compass rose, what will help really earthy people is getting better with accommodating changes that are thrown at them and reestablishing the rules that they're familiar with in a world that's always changing, even so, even if slowly. Yeah. All right. Air, the air. final element. Final element. All three air signs share this theme, circulating information and through it, achieving the heart of being linking air to fire as its messenger. 
Discussion, communication, thinking, imagining, these are all the qualities of air. And it believes that through these qualities, they can become more comfortable with ourselves, others, and the world we inhabit. The three air signs exist in this journey, but in three different ways. Gemini circulates all kinds of information and curiosity every which way, hoping to understand itself and feel a part of the world. Libra circulates current information and charm to accommodate those in its inner sphere and make them feel comfortable and happy so that through others it might find love and beauty in the world. Mm -hmm. Aquarius circulates new information and ideas to its own communities, aspiring to share with others its perspective for its perceived greater good of the world. My wife. That's Cassie. Yeah, for sure. We know air in the natural world to change temperature, shift direction, blow things around. Anyone? Hey, blows like some of these blowjobs, right? Am I right? <laughs> Astrologically, we equate air with the mind. This means air people are always changing and moving and touching on new things. Anyone? Hey, touching hey, things know. like Boobs. like uh, private parts and blowjobs and blowjobs, <laughs> boobs, but boobs and blowjobs. <laughs> that's a that's a shirt. H for the bees. <laughs> Uh, so it's a challenge for air, air people to find rest and comfort um, because of the mind always evolving and changing and running through things rapidly. It's kind of the inverse to air and uh, to, sorry, to earth in this way, the inverse to earth, which is not flailing around and constantly changing. Air is constantly doing those things. Gaining control of the mind, calming the restless thoughts and ideas and exchanges allows for the better qualities of air to shine through. Mapping, reasoning, explaining. These are the skills of air. But allowing these thoughts to blow around, never finding a place to land, means the weather is never stable. The mind can never be truly free if it isn't able to control where it's going. The compass rose for air people. Compass rose. (laughs) (laughs) What we can take away from what we just learned about air as air people. Pausing the general flurry of thoughts that consume your mind so that through letting your mind breathe, you can establish a better relationship with your feelings, which will in turn feed your thoughts so they can focus on greater ideas and information, ultimately leading you to your purpose and happiness. Okay, it's a poster that we sell, and it's like the moon and the stars. It's like a galaxy, and it says, let your mind breathe. And that's very cool. I think my mom shared an image like that on Facebook. Yeah, hell yeah. I like it. She's also a, she's an air, an air person. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's true, actually. She's an air, she's an Aquarius, like your wife and your mom. Well, thank you. Jennifer, how dare you? (laughs) Sorry, everybody. It's okay when it's- Not so fun when it's your mom, huh? (laughs) No. Uh, Pam is off bounds. Pam's off, but Peg's on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into some advice questions. I have to pee so bad. Okay. All right, advice questions from an unnamed person that I will, of course, name Dr. Doom. Scary. (laughs) All right. So Dr. Doom says, triple Capricorn. Basically, despite me being a fully earth signed in my big three, I'm a bit of a head in the clouds type. Always have been. Classic Dr. Doom. I'm usually pretty good at getting shit done. But as I get older, older, geez, I'm only 16. Dr. Doom is 16 years old. He's wrecked such havoc on some of these fantastic fours. I find myself feeling panicky because, like, what if I'm incapable of being a hard worker when I'm older and can't succeed in the real world? How do I maintain my focus on my goals and such but also stay myself? I got news for you, Dr. Doom. If you're having these... kind of self ref uh, uh reflective thoughts you're f- a lot farther along than most people than people twice your age yeah yeah which is chris no 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 almost me wait <laughs> definitely jenny yes it is unfortunately me gosh what the hell? <laughs> anyway yeah what do you think well i picked putting this question in here because this person is triple earth is a very earthy person and the topic is elements Mm -hmm. so what we just learned about is with earth you're you're always going to be worried about this kind of stuff you're always going to be wondering if you're doing enough and if you're doing the right thing and if you're you know if you're finding your your place and trying hard enough to get there and uh i think that that's something that you have an advantage right now because you're 16 and i just gave you this free (laughs) Yeah. This free reflective information about yourself. Anyway, just think, just uh, live with these kind of concerns as you go through life and um, take from them what you will. But either way, you're 16 now. So shit's going to change. And um, 
and being attuned to those changes will help you. And, um, you know, right now you may feel like you don't want to do very much, but a year from now, you might suddenly get inspired by something and get kicked into gear. And you got to just roll with those changes and, uh, and you'll find your path, you'll find your way, you'll figure it out. It's okay to take breaks and breathe. Give yourself the freedom to have your little head in the clouds, Dr. Doom. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Especially at 16. Your brain's still developing. You got to let it do its thing. Yeah. And the fact that you even have like goals in mind, you know, I, I think that just that 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 is more of an anchor, like a positive anchor than than you realize. All right. Should we do the next question? Yes. All right. Unnamed. Would you like to name them before I read it? Yes, it is Jessica Rabbit, the sexy little uh, cartoon character Hot. from the movie. The sexiest cartoon character of all time. Jessica Rabbit? The sexiest cartoon character of all time. I'm not disagreeing. People used to call me Jessica Rabbit. Have we already talked about this on the pod? Oh, wow. Because when I was in school, substitute teachers who didn't know me very well, or just like old people, old substitute teachers especially, when they would read the attendance list, they would go, uh, Jessica Rabbit. Not trying to say Jessica Rabbit, but mm -hmm. then everyone would laugh at me. Because you're a sexy little dwarf. Wow. Girl. Oh, wait, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they laughed is because I was so deeply unsexy at all periods of my childhood. But look at you now wearing this big red dress. Yes, down, <laughs> big slit up one side. Hell yeah. Heels. Big slit. Oh, up of oh, the dress. Okay. In reality, it's- What? In reality, it's 10 a.m. and I'm in sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Rabbit says, I've come to find that I am a triple Scorpio. Sun sign, Scorp. Moon sign, Scorp. Rising, yep, you guessed it, Scorp. My question is, have I just been totally boned by the stars? Or can I find a way Jessica to rise Rabbit. above... What's that? Nothing. I said Jessica Rabbit, totally boned. <laughs> by the stars. <laughs> She's <Me>. always getting boned. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a cartoon character. Uh, my question is, have I just been totally boned by the stars or can I find a way to rise above this death-obsessed sentence and achieve life, love, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Well, once again, I've picked a triple element to answer a question for because of the topic of the episode. Yeah. First, I'd just like to say that there is there are no death sentences in astrology. Perhaps there are, if anything, there are challenges presented by our charts that we can easily overcome with some awareness and some attempt to better ourselves. I'm I'm curious. Is there any advantage? An an advantage to having a huge dose of an element? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, if so, we said at the beginning, if you've got a huge amount of an element, that you're either its sub or it is your sub, right? Mm -hmm. If it is your sub and you're a master of that element, then you're able to bring forth all of the greatest qualities of that element, more so than you know. These are qualities that none of the other elements have. So because they all have their own qualities. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a huge overdose of earth and you work really well with your earthian energy then yeah you've got kind of like a strength you've got like a in nerd terms you've got like your like special weapon or whatever you yeah know? i don't know it's like in guitar hero when you've got star power mm -hmm. it's like that Great. about earth stuff boned by the stars if you feel like you're being boned by the stars then first of all you got to recognize that it's not the stars doing things it's you mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you got to come to terms with that and yeah. kind of work your way through it refer back to this earlier in this episode when we talked about water yeah but right. maybe you're just living your best life i actually know two triple scorpios really? one is a nightmare human okay. she was a total bitch i worked with her at barnes and noble and she knew she was a triple scorpio and talked about it all the time she was a psycho woman what if it's this person jessica rabbit she's not listening to podcasts all right but then the other triple scorpio i know he's the total opposite of that he's like really like self-possessed and like neutral and has like forged a really successful path through the music industry. He's mm. Boney Vare's manager and like owns oh. that management company. And he recently like ran for Congress. He's like, like when I learned he was a triple Scorpio, I was kind of shocked at first until I, you know, got a little deeper into astrology and learned about the power behind Scorpio and how, but, but I think the point here is that he's got it really working for him. So you just got to get that shit working for you. So Jessica Rabbit, you're going to be friggin' Bonnie Vare's manager. <laughs> so, you know, sit back, enjoy the ride. Okay, Haley, Pisces sun, Aries moon, Capricorn rising. And she went to my show in Orlando on September 25th. What a gig. I am very much interested in dating an earth sign. Okay, settle well, down. I don't she's think talking I about ever you. have. 
how do you all feel about pursuing a certain sign or group of signs? While I would never rule anyone out because of their sign, do we have any advice based on the fact my dating history is so hot, wet, and wet and windy, but not very grounded? Oh, I get it. Um, <laughs> this is... Go ahead. I learned a lot about looking at my dating pattern, and based on the element, I learned that I like rarely date earth signs and i'm like not really attracted to them um, Ugh, no offense the i mean hell? well you're, you're different chris because you were born hot not everyone is thank you and i have an undeniable sexual um power i remember having a curiosity just when... just practically fell asleep when i said that i have undeniable <laughs> sexual power <laughs> i was thinking about making some kind of like she fainted pun about earth and then i was like i, I got nothing <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe when I first put together my list, there was like one sign missing or something like that that I hadn't dated or been romantically involved with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wonder what, what what an experience would be like dating someone with that sun sign. And mm -hmm. then I did it. And I don't think there was anything wrong with that. I mean, I would have gone out with this person anyway, even right. if they didn't have that sun sign. But I was conscious of it while it was happening. Right. I don't think there's anything weird or bad about it. But it seems like you're already aware that it would be shitty to not date someone because of their sign. And that's really right. all I can say is good. Yeah, if you're dating, you know, you know, how date, we all know how dating works. Um, you go, you choose different people and you meet them at a restaurant. Do it. <laughs> Chris Farron, do it. Well, Chris, it's October the 8th when this episode comes out, which means your album is out in three days. Some would say my album right now is in its third trimester. <laughs> I came up with that. That was me. That was Jesse. Came up with that. Uh, yeah, my record, my my polyvinyl debut record, oh. Born Hot, comes out this Friday. I need you to go. I need you to order it or buy it or put it on your Spotify or pre-save it. Pre-save it. Do all these things, and I would love it if you did. And I would and 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 then I'm I'm going on a big headline tour. Oh, ooh, and this weekend on October 12th in sa on Saturday in New York City, baby, Rough Trade. I'm playing a free show all ages. And you're going to be there and you're going to say, "And hey, if you come to this show, I will talk to you about astrology." And also, if you buy a copy of his record at Rough Trade, Chris will sign it for you. That's right. Uh, the show is is at 2 p.m. Did I already say that? It's in the daytime, and it's free. And that's going to be great. Yeah, celebrate the Born Hot release day. Celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ himself, Chris Farron. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of your smoky little number new album, Born Hot, out in three days, I'm H for the D. And to the stars and back. Oh,